Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello and welcome to this EM360 podcast with our Ask the Expert series. A weekly conversation with people who are impacting the enterprise tech landscape. My name is Max Curtin, Editor-in-Chief here at EM360 and your host on today's podcast. Now, today I'm being joined by Herman Haynes, who is the CEO of Anmut. So Herman, welcome to the show and thanks for coming on today. Hey Max, thank you very much and Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you as well. It's uh, exciting to see what the next 12 months will bring, and I'm looking forward to getting into our subject matter. But before we delve into questions, let's find out a little bit more about you. If you wouldn't mind just letting our listeners at home know a little bit about yourself and obviously Anmut. Yes, well, thank you very much. So I started Anmut in May 2018 with my good friend, uh, Professor Andy Neely. Uh, He's the Pro Vice Chancellor for Enterprise at Cambridge University. Um, and uh, before I started Anmut, I uh, used to look after the data and analytics practice at EY and, and before that, the same thing at KPMG. Um, but I started my career really at uh, Anderson Consulting, which is now Accenture, uh, looking after the enterprise performance management practice and the finance practice. And it's just because I'm very old that I've done all these jobs. Um, but one of the things that I realized um, leading the data practices was that year after year, the surveys we did from clients and all others in the industry, uh, we realized that CEOs think data is really, really, really important. And and the survey that we've just published points that out again, that 91% of CEOs think that data is critical to their success. And that survey, PwC does a similar survey, KPMG does a similar survey, Um, Year after year, there's no improvement in the quality of the data that CEOs uh, perceive and and that they have access to. So they think it's really important, but they don't actually get the data they need. In fact, it's so bad that Harvard Business Review published an article uh, about two years ago where they pointed out that only 3% of data is fit for purpose. Um, So it got me thinking, well, Clearly, the whole industry is doing something not quite right because we're spending hundreds of billions of dollars on data every year. The average organization spends around 5% of its revenue on data, and they're certainly not getting the return on that. So um, I had the the fortune or misfortune in 2017 to have a, a really big back operation, and I got thinking there must be a smarter way to tackle this. And and that's really where Anmud came from. So I realized that the, the aha moment for we was that nobody really thinks about data as a real asset. Because if you look at something as an asset, you would understand the value of it and be able to rank whether it's more or less important in terms of investment than other assets. So that's really where Anmud started. We said, we're going to start helping organizations really understand the value of their data asset and become data mature. Uh, And that's really our core focus. So if you think about how the data industry works today, uh, you've got really four or five key things happening. The the most important is really the decision-making, which um, we see quite a lot of organizations um, not 
able to uh, make better decisions with data. And, and, you know, if we look at COVID globally, there are some countries that have been very effective at using data to make smart decisions around COVID interventions, and some countries that have really damaged their economy and have had lots of deaths. And it's basically because they don't understand that data is the most critical thing to be able to take these decisions. So we we help organizations with that. But the the thing that all the hundreds of billions of spend goes in every year are in two areas. Uh, it's the analytics and it's the data storage and the, the manipulation of the data. But there are two other areas that people completely miss. And the areas that they miss is the data needs to be fit for purpose in order to be used. But most importantly, you need to know what data you need. So we started out solving that problem. And that's that's what I'm And we're very fortunate. So we've got Pfizer, we've got Smith & Nephew, uh, Highways England, Canopy, and Deepex as some of our anchor clients. And we, we you know, the, the demand is really growing for what we do. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't agree more with, with, with all of that because we hammer home on this podcast week after week whenever we talk about data or whenever we're talking about all of this information it's so important to understand the benefit of it and how it can be used and utilized in an effective way because you are sitting on information that not only makes your company better but just makes life a lot easier so using it is such an important method that organizations need to get behind and I think that's exactly what we're going to hit uh, across this whole podcast that we speak about today. It's how can data be valued in the same way as a tangible asset. And I want to hit on a lot of points that you mentioned there. We'll get to the research um, in a little bit. And you kind of gave us a overview, but I wanted to delve a little bit deeper about how data is currently being viewed in the enterprise, how it's being used, and really how it's being perceived from your perspective. You know, it's it's interesting because everybody talks about data as though they understand it. But if you actually go and talk to people from board level down to mid-level to down to the, the coalface in the organization, everybody has a different definition of what data really is. Uh, and that's part of the big problem is that when people talk about data, there is not that, that common definition. I'll try and uh, give you an example of the oil industry and then you know, sort, of, sort of try and explain that in a practical way. So if you think about what we've just outlined, those four key areas, the, the ability to analyze the data and make decisions as the, the end of the process, the ability to store the data, uh, the ability to ensure the data is fit for purpose, and the first step clearly is to identify the right data. If you think about the oil industry, where organizations are focusing at the moment is they are saying we are going to build lots of petrol stations and we're going to buy a lot of trucks to bring the the, the fuel to the petrol station that is what's happening in the data world but actually there's no successful oil major that wouldn't recognize the need to have proper refineries and invest in industrial scale and refining but most importantly is actually knowing where to drill for the oil so that they can extract it. And companies don't understand what creates value for them and how the data supports that. So they don't know where to go looking for the most valuable data sources. So what we do is we help organizations translate the things 
that help them create value to say this is the data that would support that. Because you can't go drilling all over the world. You need to be quite precise with where you drill because it's a costly exercise and it's exactly the same with data. You can't just try and pick up any data. You need to find data that will actually deliver on what you need. So so the first thing we do is rather than talk about things like data lineage and master data and governance and all, all the stuff that you would hear people talk about, what we say is how do you create value for your organization? In other words, how do you make money for your organization? And what data supports that? So we go right down to the basics and we turn the concepts of data into things that are understandable data assets. And we help organizations understand the relative value of those data assets so that they can make decisions on business terms. If you think about all businesses and even government works on the basis that you have to make tough trade-off decisions every day. And most of those decisions are based on financial metrics. You know, this thing will give me this kind of return. Thing X will be give me a 10% return. And thing Y will give me a 2% return. So I'm probably going to go for thing X. But with data, we haven't got that discipline yet, or we do now, but most organizations don't know how to apply that discipline. So we help them turn it into very simple things to say, this data asset is worth five times uh, the value of that data asset. So would it make sense to put your money into into that? So that's how we solve that problem. And actually, it works. It works a treat. So rather than as you know, as I said, tr- trying to talk about all the the data geeky stuff, which is very important, but that's a second order thing. You you actually need to solve the business problem first. Yeah, completely. It, it's very much a as we said, it's that understanding again and and finding that value within the data. Um, which a lot of people seem to be missing. And I liked what you said at the start of your answer there of finding useful data, because it's all very well and good having mountains and mountains of information. Unless you can drill down and understand which bits specifically are important and can benefit you, then it, it seems like almost a wasted effort. So I think that's very important. And it brings me nicely onto my second question when it, we talk about the role that CDOs play. Now, chief data officers are so important to making sure that those targets are hit and that we're understanding what the data does. And you mentioned, obviously, the research that was conducted, and it was exclusive research, and it was 86 CDOs, if I'm correct, um, from around the world that you interviewed. So could you let us know some of those findings, and was there anything in there that really kind of surprised you? Yeah, so as you say, it was 86 CDOs of some of the world's largest organizations. They, uh, the organizations collectively make up more than $1 trillion of market cap. So, you know, very, very significant organizations. And, um, the, you know, as I mentioned, 91% of those CDOs, uh, said that data is critical for the business's success. Um, now, that kind of statistic, I don't think, is probably news to anybody. Most C-level people would say that. But the stark reality, the biggest aha, was that only 34% of those CDOs thought that they managed data as an asset in the same way that they would manage the physical assets. So in other words, these organizations might spend a lot of money managing 
you know, the barcodes on the coffee machines and the vacuum cleaners in their offices, but actually they wouldn't be managing something that is far more valuable with the same rigor. And that was that's the big, big aha in the uh, in the survey that that we found. And then you ask the question, well, where are you spending your money, you know, for, for those organizations? And what we tried to do was to to determine is there a difference between organizations that manage it professionally and, and not? Now, only a small fraction of those organizations are actually investing appropriately. Only about between 9 and 11% of those organizations are investing properly in finding the right data assets. They in, invest quite a lot in protecting the data, and they would say that they, they are creating value from existing data assets. 68% say they, they do that. But the reality is what that actually means and what, what most people would recognize happens in the data science space is because the data scientist struggle so hard to get the data they need, they bend the problem to fit the answer. In other words, they, they don't have the investment to find the data they need, so they change the exam question. And that's why so many organizations are getting to the wrong decisions. It's recognizing that you do need to invest significant money to get to the right data assets, but you don't go and drill everywhere, as in the oil example. You actually have to be very precise which data assets are the most important. So we need to help businesses turn that question around. So that is one of the key things that came out of the survey. Um, and, you know, it's, it's interesting because the other thing that, that's clear is that different industries have different areas of emphasis. The, the financial services industry, and particularly banking, spends probably more than 50% of the time just on regulatory compliance with data. One of our uh, friends of, of Anmut is a CDO of a very large bank. And he, you know, I, I won't use the exact words that are used because that wouldn't be polite. But basically, uh, he said, if you ask the board how much we spend on data, they would say a lot. You know, they would say hundreds of millions. However, if you ask me as the CDO, I will tell you close to nothing. And what he was trying to say is most organizations think they talk about Salesforce or a system or something like that, and they think they're talking about data, but actually they don't know what data is. So until you can get that understanding at the board level of what data really is, you can't change the investment habits of the organization. Uh, that is probably the most critical aha. I think a lot of people still struggle with that. They, they confuse technology with data, and they are too very, very separate things. I know a good friend of, of yours and, and us, uh, Peter Jackson, who was on one of your podcasts and mentioned the same thing, and that was what, about two, three years ago already. You know, so, so there's very little improvement that's happened uh, over the last few years, but it's time to make that change. I can see that this change is coming and that we're getting another conversation at the board level now. Yeah, I mean, when we talk about how much we're starting to rely on data, um, even when we had that conversation with uh, with Peter two or three years ago, it, it's just growing exponentially at this point. And it, it's so interesting, these, these figures that you're kind of telling me, you know, the 34% do treat it as a, as a discipline. But when you're looking, that's such a low number compared to 
the other half that are kind of mismanaging data and losing the finance because of it. And I think when we bring that ROI conversation into the mix is when people start to listen. And it's almost unfortunate in a way that it has to come down to that costing level for that conversation to happen. I understand why, but there are ways to avoid it a lot quicker. And I think the shift from my perspective, do you think it relies more heavily on the CDO to kind of put their foot down, go to the board and say, this is what needs to be done? How do they, you know, why should the CDO see data in that same way as a tangible asset? And and how do they really get to that point? Uh, It's a great question. And a CDO role is probably one of the toughest roles uh, Mm -hmm. in, in any organization, because you might understand the importance of data but you're also dealing with people. Everybody in the organisation thinks they understand the importance of data. But I think what what we help CDOs with uh, is a little bit of a breakthrough: is to help them understand that you're not asking the business to spend a lot of money. In addition, they are already spending it. As I, you know, as I said, and this is not just us saying it. McKinsey are saying the same thing: that organisations, on average, spend already at least 5% of its revenue on data-related areas. So that spend is happening. Now, in, in, you know, if you think about it in, in context, if you are a £5 billion organization with a revenue of £5 billion, you are spending already £250 million a year on data. The issue is it's spent in a very inefficient way. So understanding what you spend, where you spend, and understanding are we spending in other things that will give us the best return is the way that the CDO needs to break through that language, that language barrier, if you want. But the thing is, up to now, that the tool sets and the knowledge how to do that has been lacking. Uh, so so for the, the CDO to be able to speak the language of the business and the board they need to be able to say, you know what, you, you are spending this on everything without a clear focus. And no organization can be successful like that. So, you know, if, if I think about uh, the companies that we work with, the, the pharma companies, uh, the infrastructure companies, and so on and so forth, um, if you take Highways England, actually, there are a few critical things that help them be more successful. They can improve traffic flow through the use of better data. And they can increase the capacity on the motorways today through better data management by at least 5%. In order to do that, they need to ensure that the, the works uh, scheduling, the road work scheduling is done on a data basis rather than on gut feel. They know that. But in order to do that, the data needs to be fit for purpose. Now, think about it. Highways England has an asset base of 120 billion plus of of roads. And that's actually a very conservative estimate because it's an accounting estimate. In order for them to be able to improve the traffic flow by 5% or create capacity, additional capacity of 5%, they will need to build more than five billion pounds of roads, additional roads, to to make that happen. Or they could use a much lower amount and do the road work scheduling better. They could use, let's call it 300 million, 
improve roadwork scheduling, and they get the same result with data. So that's the kind of stuff that we need to help our, our businesses understand. To get the same result, you can use data, but you still need to spend. It's not $5 million, It's $300 million. It's a big number. So don't gulp. But you're already spending that kind of money on things, and it's not giving you the benefit. So that's the the the, the little change. It's a small change, but it's actually the thing that changes everything. Yeah, definitely. It's it's interesting to kind of see that switch of how people should approach it. Because as you say, the money's already being spent or it, it could be being spent. So so why not use it in a in a tangible way that actually brings benefit uh to the organization. And it's interesting to talk about how you say it can support the business. But I think a good kind of final wrap-up question is to ask how can companies really better support their data leaders so that they can do their job effectively to get these results? You know, and it's 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 such a fundamental question. I'm really glad you asked that. Um, most CDOs get appointed without a clear um, set of performance measures. <clears throat> um, most uh, CDOs don't have a clear set of marching orders from whoever they're reporting to. Um, organizations appoint a CDO to say, well, we've got this data, it's important, but we actually don't know what the CDO should be doing. So one of the things that um, organizations should understand is where are they in the maturity in terms of data? Are they an organization that is in chaos with data? Are they an organization that's got it slightly under control, but they don't know how to use the data effectively to create value? Are they at a situation like some of the, a lot of the the big organizations like the Unilevers or so on are at that stage where they, they actually make marginal improvements, two, three percent improvements using data, but they're not changing the game. Or are they at a stage where organizations such as Nike are and so on, where they actually use data to create 15, 20 percent improvements? Or are they an organization that wants to be able to change the industry with data, the Netflixes, etc.? Because understanding where you are and where your ambition is determines what kind of CDO you need. If you're in stage one or two, you need a CDO that is more the kind of regulatory kind of CDO, the person who can say, okay, we need to get our basic controls of data under control, and that should be the core of the marching orders for that person. Or if you're in the stage three, like the Unilevers, you actually need somebody who can start to think a little bit bigger and think about what data assets do we need to be able to to get to the 15% level. You need to ensure you get the right CDO for the right type of organization. That's the first thing where organizations fail. The second thing then is to say, okay, what are realistic expectations and what should we be spending on data to help the CDO be effective? And I think the CFO has a critical role to play here to understand really how much you're spending on data and what is your ambition to spend where and where do we want to spend less? Because it's often an unfair ask to ask a new CDO to start turning off taps and other areas of the business. So I would say that's the the second thing. But the third thing, which is really important, is that data needs to be managed just like any other financial asset. 
and you need to track whether you're creating value with it or not. And the performance of the CDO should be measured on that basis rather than very vague uh, performance measures. So I would say those, those three things, understand your maturity, understand where you're actually allocating resource, and understand whether you're actually tracking the performance of the data asset. If you can do those three things, you will be successful. That will make all the difference. I think that's a perfect note to end on. Three very important tips that a lot of organizations should be following. And it's the start of the new year. So now is the best time to be implementing those going forward. So Herman, all I can say is thank you very much for coming on, giving us your insight. I could honestly keep talking about this all day. Max, thank you so much for inviting me. You're very welcome. And thank you, everyone, who took the time to listen to this episode. We hope you took a lot away. But if you would like more information on what we've discussed, then please head on over to anmut.co.uk or, of course, check them out on LinkedIn. We'll be back soon with another Ask the Expert episode. In the meantime, please join the conversation at em360 on Twitter and LinkedIn. And, of course, for more great daily content, please head on over to em360tech.com.